Welcome to the Digital Health Insights Podcast, where NZ Hits CEO Scott Arrell brings you key thought leaders to share their experience, views, and vision on all things digital health and more. Full tech enablement is essential for creating world-class health systems, and Scott's guests discuss how this can be achieved, the challenges that need addressing, the opportunities it creates, and the benefits delivered to health, disability, and social care services in New Zealand and worldwide. Welcome, everybody. My name is Scott Harrell, and I'm CEO of uh, NZHIT, or NZHIT, um, and some, sometimes we're called NZ Health IT here in New Zealand anyway. We represent the industry side of things in the digital health sector. Uh, we've got um, uh, well over 140 member organisations, and many of those um, operate in New Zealand as well as offshore, and uh, as we also have uh, healthcare providers and policymakers, and such as the Ministry of Health and ACC, and have quite a few um, others along that line. So we we are very active in the whole health sector in New Zealand, and specifically in regards to digital health. I'm really pleased today to bring you a special guest, uh, Faustin Rahman, and uh, he's got a uh, quite an interesting background. But currently, um, he's the director of medical IT advisors and the CIO uh, part-time of Patients First um, here in New Zealand. And uh, so and why I mentioned that he's got quite an interesting background, he's, uh, he's come to New Zealand from Europe, and uh, rather than me kind of steal his thunder, I'm going to pass, pass you over to him shortly, and he'll tell you all about uh, where he's come from and why he's here in New Zealand now. So hi, Faustin. Thanks for joining us today. Why did you start from your background, uh, from where you come from? Yeah. Um, hi, Scott, and, and thanks again for the invitation. I'm very excited to uh, to uh, be here. Um, so I'm originally from Romania, um, and I came to New Zealand roughly five or six years ago. Um, my background is um, in nuclear physics, uh, IT, and also health. So I've actually done uh, two PhDs. Um, haven't finished any of those PhDs, unfortunately. Um, uh, maybe still working on on, on the IT one. Um, uh, basically, I've done a um, PhD in nuclear physics in Romania and also um, a PhD in IT at, at CERN in Geneva. That's that um, large interna international laboratory, um, the, also known as uh, Large Hadron Collider, Collider LSC. Um, my project there was actually to share medical data across Europe using uh, digital technologies, uh, distributed computing. Um, that was a, an amazing experience. After that, um, I actually went to uh, Austria, um, next to Vienna, where um, I helped building a um, cancer treatment center. Um, that's actually the, the fourth one in the world to treat cancer patients with uh, a very special uh, technique, which is called the proton ion uh, treatment. Um, and after that, uh, we moved to, um, to New Zealand. Um, we were looking um, at the place, I guess, to, to settle with, with our kids and family. And also we, uh, we, we wanted... Uh, uh, a very different place from from Europe, um, and I believe we we found uh, our new home here in, in New Zealand. We are very happy to be. That's great, yeah. And I guess with the you know, the pandemic situation, COVID nineteen, that uh, uh, like a lot of us, uh, you know, like I'm 
I'm a born and bred Kiwi. Uh, I wouldn't have wanted to be anywhere else but here during the last few weeks, that's for sure. True. You'd true. be the same. True. Yeah. And um, and yours, you're, like me, you live on the North Shore over in Auckland and um, yeah, very busy boy, uh, particularly in the cybersecurity space, cybersecurity and privacy. And that's the reason for having you on uh, for this episode because we, you know, we want to highlight and raise the whole uh, profile of the need to be operating with uh, high levels of security and, and maintaining privacy in the health sector because um, unless we have um, the public's trust and, and their their record being kept safe, secure, and private, uh, then that makes the you know the steps in terms of uh, interoperability and and creating a much more um, transparent and uh, health care delivery. It makes it difficult if the, if the public's not uh, is finding it difficult to trust us. And, and so, that, why don't you talk about um, what you've just built? Actually, it sounds fascinating. The New Zealand Health threat security platform sounds pretty serious but um uh, I, I think it's actually quite exciting so give us a bit of background on that and what is it uh, what's it going to do for us sure um so first of all it's called new zealand health threat intelligence sharing platform uh, and sharing it's it's really a, a keyword there um so we we built that and actually we launched it a few weeks weeks back um, in the midst of the COVID-19 crisis. We've opened it up to um, all the other healthcare organizations here in New Zealand. Um, And what it does is basically gathering um, so-called indicators, or maybe we just call it threats that we are seeing constantly attacking our customers and other other organizations in New Zealand and in fact internationally it gathers the 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 indicators um, let's say IPs or, or uh, URLs or websites and domains uh, which are validated to be malicious and then we can share that uh, that knowledge uh, with first of all our tools and our customers so that we keep all of them um, safe. And at the same time, we can share it with other organizations from South New Zealand to um, to similar um, service providers like us. Um, and the, I would say the one of the core values for this platform would be to create a so-called herd immunity. So let me give you an example just to, to, to understand how we are using it. Um, let's say we are identifying um, uh, an attack on one customer that we have, and then we, we are able to uh, pick up the, those indicators, let's say a malicious IP. Um, we are then uploading this information to um, the threat intelligence sharing platform, and then automatically our tools, and then in fact, all our customers will be protected against the same attack. So that's the kind of, um, uh, quick response that we can provide, and and again, um, our intention is to um, to actually have many other organizations like us um, benefit from these uh, indicators, and at the same time for them to collaborate and add their own, and and in fact uh, be able to cover all New Zealand. So yeah, you're really talking about a proactive um, steps uh, to manage or mitigate threat rather than a reactive um, situation where, you know, something, I uh, say a, a threat takes hold, takes time to get the messages out there to to do whatever needs to be done to um, manage that threat. So you're really 
trying to get ahead of the head of the ball game in that respect um, with everybody collaborating feeding into the platform and then being able to uh, draw from that so it's you, you effectively you're getting out what you put in in, in a way uh, aren't you yeah it's a little bit of both um so b- both uh, proactive and, and i guess uh, reactive in in some sense um the the proactive part is that in fact the platform takes feeds and information from many other uh platforms and organizations uh, like this in particular, we have um, information related to COVID-19 threats, and we've seen a a massive increase um, of of these types of attacks and scams, um, obviously, in the the recent period. Um, So that's, I guess, the proactive part since um, we are able to tap into that that information already um, and on I would say the, the the reactive part is that we are adding everyday uh, new indicators as we are detecting them with our customers or our partners in, the, in this uh, this platform um, as they see it in their infrastructure so that's the I guess the the reactive you do have to detect it uh, first and then um, I would say as long as you um, you are able to automate and, and use this information model it's real time, then that's the the you know the value of it. Uh, you are able to quickly respond and, and uh, basically protect yourself, immunize yourself against known uh, threats. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, we, we could all do with some immunization. That's for sure. Um, so it's not. Uh, so in, in other words, it's, it's not the platform to take over from all other platforms it's a it's a it's a it's designed to be able to draw feeds uh into your platform and vice versa uh so really it's that whole collaboration that that creates the strength against the baddies uh that that's what you're you're looking to develop here isn't it absolutely the the our pitch or motto right now it's uh, sharing is caring and um <laughs> and i do believe um we can do better collaborations um and in fact you know help uh help each other especially during this uh this um crisis and also in fact take the opportunity like like we've uh, we've seen um right now uh, with all of this digital transformation, actually to um, to do things even better. Um, so it also the, uh, I, I would say the the platform that we developed is helping the current uh, situation, the current challenges that we see. Everyone has to adopt new solutions, um, new ways of working from home, and you know telehealth. It's it's a big area, and for that again there are um, known threats and also new threats which are arising. Um, as I mentioned, the, the COVID-19 uh, related themes of, of scams and, and, and malware. Um, so again, mm-hmm. I, I, I believe there is a uh, acute need of a, of a sharing platform and hopefully in the future we'll, uh, we'll be able to leverage the collaboration uh, with other organizations and also build on top of that additional new um, new services. Sure, and uh, let's talk a little bit about the baddies. Uh, uh, that tends to be the the term used for uh, for those that are just effectively trying to monetize, you know, for their own purpose the uh, the information or the you know, whatever they can do to the data or the the systems that they that they access. And uh, there's a couple of um, kind of myths, I suppose, out there that that um, I think we should talk about. So number one is that that the baddies are kind of just in their back room, kind of, or even their back garage kind of working away on their own, just trying to 
you know, find breaches, sending out phishing scams, doing doing this, doing that. Uh, but really, they're kind of solo on their own, probably. Um, but like mushrooms, you know, they've never come out of the dark, so to speak. But um, that's actually so. So myth number one, that's actually not true, is it? So no, we're not, talking about quite sophisticated um, setups here, aren't we? Um, yeah, well, I, w- I would not call it sophisticated, uh, but I would definitely call it organized. Um, mm. so we, 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 we can talk about organized crime and, in fact, uh, maybe, you know, proper businesses uh, that their revenue is actually um, based on scams and, and malicious activity, um, uh, obviously financial one. But also, uh, we, we've seen, and I guess everyone is aware nowadays of, of the types, types of ransomware um, that, that these guys are doing. And in fact, uh, the, the reason why I'm saying is not, I would not call it sophisticated, is that unfortunately, a lot of these attacks, uh, a lot of these schemes are actually based on um, quite simple um, techniques. Um, most one known one it's uh, it's phishing but also exploiting um, known vulnerabilities of of websites and actually we had last year a couple of um, i guess high profile incidents um in new zealand where exactly that happened uh, there was a known um vulnerability of, of a website that was uh, exploited automatically actually uh, again that's not a very sophisticated uh, attack in itself but the impact was quite uh, quite significant. Um, so I'm, I'm referring this uh, right now to um, to the Institute of Directors and also to Ora Compass Health um, uh, yes. data, data breach. Yeah, and both of those were yeah significant in their impact. And as you say, um, but actually not that that difficult for the 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 baddie to have actually instigated. So, no, uh, no. yeah. So, so that's that's myth number one, really. So, and that that's a good way of putting it. They're organised. Uh, they're they're not just sort of some some guy or gal who wakes up in the morning and thinks oh, I'll just jump on my laptop and go um, see see if I can get some money from somebody. So, you know, it is an organised situation. The, the second myth is um, it's actually about uh, well, the myth is because we're in healthcare, then everybody involved with healthcare cares about the health of the people that are being cared for. Um, so therefore, because a lot of um, most people, in fact, I would say all people that work in health. So if you're a clinician right through to even yourself or myself, we're doing this because we actually care about the health and well-being of others. And so then the myth being that, therefore, the baddies must also have that level of concern about other people's health. But really, they don't really care, do they? They just want to monetize. They don't care whether they're affecting someone's health by doing that. They don't care if it's their banking data or whatever. So that's that's the second myth that that the baddies care about us. Yeah. Well, look, I, I'm not sure how to to properly respond to to this myth. Um, I think the bad guys are caring about their business, um, and and then. Um, Sometimes they might not even, uh, you know, target specifically healthcare. Um, it's just a, at the end of the day, for them, it's just another uh, another business. Um, although healthcare has its own particularities, and in fact, the I would say the lack of funding, the lack of, um, well, not the lack, but um, the the inherit the inherit uh, trust that that uh, this 
um, area must have, um, since there are many stakeholders that need to share information. Let's say for for one one patient, there are too many parties that actually need to to work together. Um, I guess leaves us in a quite uh, special situation where I would say overall the the risk that we usually deal with it's it's quite high compared with other other areas like mm -hmm. like the financial um, sector where um, in fact you deal with similar things but you might have a better capability and capacity to um, to detect and react yeah. to this um, so healthcare so, so really the, the health the healthcare sector is probably an attractive target for them because of you know, the those those inherent um, kind of issues around probably not being up to date with some security um, protocols and systems and so on so so yeah I, I, so the myth there is that actually there is they don't well the, the fact is not the myth the fact is that they don't care they're just wanting to monetize and and in actual fact um, health is, is a pretty attractive target if they choose to and um, I've been speaking like say in a clinical level and it is, does come at a shock um, for some to think actually there are other people who would actually do this that you know how dare they attack the health system you know and um, yeah. because it's about people's health so I just I think we just got to make it very clear that they don't care all right. it's, Absolutely, it's really and and, and, um, and maybe this will hopefully it will not sound wrong, but perhaps that 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 that's part of the the problems, especially in New Zealand. Um, I feel that somehow New Zealanders are a little bit um, too trusting and actually too you know too good people to think that you know <laughs> why, why would someone uh, be that bad and and do these things and and I I, I can certainly recognize that um, we 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 do need to do. Um, more awareness, these things do happen. And in fact, the, what you hear in press, you know, the, the public incidents are from our experience, the tip of the iceberg. Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes um, organizations might not even be aware that they are already compromised. Um, only in the uh, you know, last stages of, of a compromise when the bad guys basically got everything that they, they wanted, they might drop uh, uh, ransomware or they, they will go for a defacement of a website, which is obvious, and then they will, uh, I guess, the organization realizes um, what, what happened. So I, I do think we need to do um, a little bit more education in, in this respect. And um, yeah, mm. I, I think New Zealanders need to, um, uh, going forward, need to uh, approach, I guess, the whole digital space with, with some common sense and, and not, not just trust everything that uh, I guess is being uh, served to, to them. Um, yeah. Just, um, you know, um, take a step no, back I agree with and that. think what, yeah. what you are clicking uh, or where, where you are sending your uh, your financial details. Hmm. That's right. Um, and also so that we don't get sort of um, people getting upset that we're only just talking about uh, uh, the male gender involved as being the, the, the bad guys. So, you know, it's, I think we, you can almost look like, like your neighbour for example, no matter what what gender or whatever, you know that your neighbour could be a bad person uh, on look, the I internet, right? Pretty soon <laughs> we'll, we'll have uh, AI, which is, uh, and in fact, yes. to, to some extent, uh, a lot of these attacks are automated. Um, again, the 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 attack that we had last year on um, on the organisation I just mentioned, um, in fact, was an attack 
to to a lot of uh, international organizations and it was all, all automated it, mm -hmm. it's just um it's very easy for the bad guys to um to um to do this and soon we will not uh, have a gender there it will be just a machine um programmed to to do these things and then uh, i'm not sure if we if we should point fingers also uh, attribution for these things is really really hard since uh the ips or or the the regions from where these attacks are coming do not really represent who is actually behind uh that so no there no, and um i think the you know the really getting those myths out there clearing them up and make sure that people understand the reality of the situation is important then uh the other part of this too is about where where does liability sit and uh, in the healthcare, and I've struck this a uh, few times, I've actually been quite vocal about it in the past, is that, you know, if you're a director of a organization or a business, so organization, you could be DHB, or you could be a GP who's a sole owner or part owner of the GP practice, and well, then you're a director. So, so ultimately, at that level, you are going to be liable and, re and you are responsible to ensure that the correct levels of security and privacy are in place, and uh, I think that's an area where we, you know, we're we're behind on that. I'm not sure whether you strike that as well, but I think we, uh, particularly in the public sector, uh, there tends to be a little bit of abrogation of the responsibility uh, because um, the the way that those boards tend to operate. But it doesn't matter really whether you're on a private company board or a public organizational board. Um, you you still have the same levels of liability and responsibility, don't you? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and you cannot say that you know. Um, I, I would put it uh, this as a as a front page uh, news. Uh, hopefully, it will not be news for many um, directors and and uh, board members. Uh, but unfortunately, the way we are we are seeing. Um, yeah, the, the responsibility and accountability is not properly balanced with the level of funding and the level of understanding and prioritization. Uh, we do work with a lot of organizations that, uh, especially in health, as you know, funding levels are, 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 are never enough, I would say. Um, at the same time, I do believe there are uh, easy and cost-effective ways to mitigate risks. And in fact, um, I, I believe directors and board members should not think as cybersecurity and privacy risk as being an IT risk. It is a business risk. Um, and in fact, uh, we had uh, during this um, this uh, pandemic um, crisis, we had uh, small businesses, uh, small GPs and, and practices that had ransomware and they were not able to operate for a, a few days. Luckily, they had backups. But uh, imagine if if they didn't had or the the attack would would be a little bit more sophisticated, uh, not too much, and those backups would have been uh, encrypted as well. So um, while I I don't believe we you know th there isn't such a thing as 100% perfect business and risk management and, and security. Um, we can certainly do a little bit more and, and at least, um, I guess, start a journey of improvement. Recognize that you don't know what you don't know. Um, maybe you need to ask your, your IT provider, um, you know, what are we going to do about these things? Uh, what will happen if we are not able to, to operate tomorrow um, because of ransomware? Or, you know, in fact, we, we had, um, I believe we... 
we we were in that situation what will happen if tomorrow you are not able to work from your own premises and you have to work from home how are we prepared for that so um, incident response and business continuity um, discussions at the at the director and board levels have to happen right now hopefully they happen already um, and i don't see um, any other way other than improving your security posture since you know the more you are um, you are digitizing your business the more um, cybersecurity and privacy will underpin that that business model keeping yes, keeping yeah. the, the lights on and and maybe lastly on, on this point um, i would say a lot of patients and a lot of people consumers are actually trusting businesses that they do the right thing they 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 are implicitly trusting that their gp their their specialist uh, doctor they are uh, taking the right steps to secure their um, their environments and and I guess the even the telehealth tools that uh, are are um, are being used in, in in the interaction with with patients, so they are expecting that and I I, I'm, I can only hope um, the directors in fact not just the directors everyone involved it is a shared responsibility but ultimately the accountability lies with them they would take the right steps to um, to mitigate hmm. the risks. Yeah, to mitigate it, and, and actually, there's no excuses nowadays. There's people like you um, and organisations that, that that you're involved with, like Patients First at that primary care level, uh, right right through, and it's and there's many others. So uh, there's actually no excuse for uh, firstly not knowing, you know, what what your uh, level of risk is, and then doing something about it. So um, you're passionate about this whole topic and and an area, and uh, you know, and I love it because. Yeah, you know, thank goodness you're in New Zealand and and uh, raising the profile and doing the work that you do, um, sort of taking that passion and casting yourself forward, say five years from now. What's the tell us about what you think it's going to look like in five years? Um, it kind of there's the good side. What would be the perfect scenario for you? Uh, uh, but also, what are the what are the things we're going to have to sort out in order to get to that level? Yeah, very. Uh, I would say challenging question especially these days since um what what we experienced so far was really uh, what we were uh, trying to do in maybe two years happen in the, had to happen in 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 two weeks or, or less than two months uh, a, a rapid um, digitization um, migration to cloud and uh, and and video conferencing solutions so um I'm I, 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 surely I'm not able to predict what will happen in in five years, but what I would like to see in um, uh, maybe sooner than than five years, it's um, a little bit better collaboration. So um, again, um, maybe around the, the platform that we we've launched, or, or maybe other initiatives. Um, um, so certainly we 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 need to to work better together. Um, also funding. Um, in this area, it's it's really important, which will, um, in fact, fuel a lot of the initiatives, uh, a lot of the the I guess um, business models and healthcare models um, would need to would need to change, um, and and that change has to be underpinned by uh, by right funding. Um, I would say we need to be careful also with with this uh, rapid change and, and, and adoption of technologies, 
without proper training, without proper assessments, um, and I would say um, an overall organizational um, change, um, obviously we'll see a lot of um, risks being uh, material and, and impacts. Um, so um, maybe maybe a warning, the bad guys will not stop doing what they are doing and they, they are constantly improving as well. Um, so maybe in in, uh, in five years from now, we will see even more automated attacks, um, you know, delivered straight by, by AIs. And I can only hope that uh, we would be able to have, you know, um, good AIs um, that that will um, that will help us to, um, I guess, defend and protect against these things. Um, at, at the same time, I, I really feel that, um, you know, let, let's not uh, leave um, a crisis go to waste. Um, let's let's see um, how we can transform um, overall. I think New Zealand is really doing a, a great job um, in, in the right way, um, but we we. We certainly have uh, lots of gaps in lots of areas. So um, as long as um, the, the way we are working is um, as long as there is a will, there is a way. Um, and we are open to anyone which wants to collaborate in this space. Um, or if you have doubts, if you um, if you don't know anything about cybersecurity or privacy, we are more than happy to, to help. Um, so. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and I think yeah, what I'm hearing too for this whole thing, you know, the the baddies are are very well organised. We've got to be better organised, and absolutely, uh, in order to beat them. In actual fact, and to do that, we've got to be better organised than we currently are. So we've got there's some work to do, and uh, it's great to have people like you uh, uh, bringing it to our attention and doing the work as well, uh, Faustin. Thanks. Just finishing on that note, then, and you've raised a a good uh, point then. People want to get a hold of you, talk about the platform, talk about um, the work that you do in the security space. So how do they get a hold of you? Yeah, so obviously we have our uh, public website, meditadvisors.com. Um, I, I guess the easiest would be to uh, look me up on, on LinkedIn. Um, at the same time, being a, a member of NZ Hit, uh, they can search uh, on, on, on your website. Um, so, yeah, any of this... Uh, uh, methods would be would be fine, um, and it would be my pleasure to to help any any uh, New Zealand organization. Not necessarily health, but obviously we focused on on uh, on, on health um, to to advise them and, and help them uh, either with cybersecurity or privacy or digital transformation in general. Excellent, thank you. And uh, also, well, next week because uh, this is being recorded on the on the fifth of June, twenty twenty. Next week, I think around about the ninth or tenth, there's an article, a couple of articles actually coming out in e Health News New Zealand. If anybody wants to have a read of those articles, which, are, which is a follow up to this discussion, uh, just just Google or search for e Health News NZ. And uh, you'll be able to actually get that in print form as well. And uh, to get a hold of me, of course, is uh, just nzhit, nzhit dot nz. Uh, if you want to get a hold of me and or check out uh, what we do uh, in the, this part of the world. So thank you again, Faustin. This has been uh, very enjoyable, very enlightening, and I think um, um, I hope we haven't scared the, the the heck out of a whole lot of people. But on the other hand, I, I also I hope we have. Yeah, yeah. Thank indeed, you. Indeed, indeed. Thank you. Thank okay, you. Thank, 
Yeah, thank you, mate. I appreciate it. And uh, thank you, everyone. Thank you, listeners. Tune in again, of course, for our next episode. Thank you for listening to the Digital Health Insights Podcast with Scott Errol. Make sure to subscribe and join us again for more news, views, and stories from key health and tech leaders. For more information, please head to our website at www.nzhit.nz, where you'll find links to resources, news, events, and much more.